Welcome to the PCOS Diva podcast. My name is Amy Medling. I'm a certified health coach and founder of PCOS Diva. My mission is to help women with PCOS find the tools and knowledge they need to take control of their PCOS so they can regain their fertility, femininity, health, and happiness. Today's PCOS Diva podcast is sponsored by the seven-day Discover Your PCOS Diva Jumpstart program. Jumpstart is the place to begin when you're ready to commit to yourself and jump into your healing journey. Learn step-by-step how diet, lifestyle, and mindset changes can get you on the right path. You'll be thrilled to feel your energy return, brain fog lift, acne begin to clear, and so much more. Visit PCOSDiva.com slash jumpstart for more information and to get started today. If you haven't already, make sure you check out PCOSDiva.com. There I offer tons of great free information about PCOS and how to develop your PCOS diet and lifestyle plan so you can begin to thrive like a PCOS diva. Look for me on iTunes, Facebook, Pinterest, and Instagram as well. My mission with PCOS Diva is really to help women with PCOS move beyond the pain and struggle of PCOS so they can live the life they were meant to live without PCOS holding them back. And in order to do that, you really have to change your mindset around the way that you view your PCOS diagnosis. I've written it about about it in my book, Healing PCOS and How to Think Like a Diva. And I'm always trying to find new resources to bring to PCOS Divas to help you do that. And I'm really excited to have on Anne Papayoti. She's the author of The Gift of Shift. And The Gift of Shift is a book for those who are struggling with life's unforeseen consequences and fear of what is ahead. And through her gift of shift shows how easy change can be once you embrace the gift within the challenge and set your course for a lighter heart, an alternative emotion, and a surrender within the moment. Anne is a life coach, leadership, and relationship coach, and she is dedicated to waking people up to living their best life by helping them entangle from their past. So I think Anne is just the perfect guest to have on the PCOS Diva podcast. I'm so glad that she said yes. So welcome, uh, Anne. So glad that you're here. Thank you, Amy. It's, I am delighted to be here. It's a privilege. So I really, I've really enjoyed reading your book and um, you, you share your own personal stories of struggle and redemption. And I would love for you to give us some perspective on how to deal with a PCOS diagnosis. So women with PCOS often feel that PCOS has uh, stripped away our femininity. You know, we have often struggle with acne and hair loss where we don't want it and hair growth and, um, oh, you know, having extra pounds. Um, and then it, it also can be a real struggle with, uh, with fertility. And many of us feel like it kind of has stripped away our health and happiness. 
And I know in my personal struggle, making some mindset shifts has really helped me, but I would love to get your perspective on how we can um, start that process. Absolutely. Well, first of all, Amy, I love your mission in helping women reclaim really who they are uh, before and without and in spite of their diagnosis. And the first thing I would say is that healing begins with kindness, all healing and, and self-healing begins with self-compassion. And so that's the, that's the place we have to, to start. And I think women are great at being kind to others, but when it comes to being kind to ourselves, that, that that's something that we're not always as comfortable with, but it starts there. And I think this is all about change, but it's uninvited change. It's unexpected change. And it's creating this, this turmoil, this tumultuous circumstance in our lives. And while I do not have PCOS, I've had my own um, health uh, struggles. And then I had a child with a, a serious diagnosis that I had to watch helplessly from the outside uh, looking in and go through that. So I can understand the mindset that comes along with a diagnosis. It starts with what's the story you're telling yourself about it. How are you labeling yourself? And those labels stick, don't they? I'm not good enough. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not woman enough. I'm not uh, uh, motherly enough. My potential is now limited. All of these labels that we apply to ourselves are judgments. And one of the greatest fears that we have as humans, the fear of judgment, but we're the ones doing it to ourselves. So going back to that self-compassion and really spending some time there and applying to ourselves that which we give to others is the first place to start. Mm. And a, a chapter of your book, you talk about stick it notes, uh, sticky mm -hmm. notes. Mm -hmm. And I think you can really kind of look at all those labels as just little sticky notes that you stick on yourself, right? That you're not good enough, um, that you're ugly, that you're fat. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> that you're um, not healthy. How do you go about um, rewriting those stick it notes or those labels? Yeah. Well, first off, look at it as a sticky note. I love post-it notes because you can put them on and take them off. So, mm -hmm. you know, recognize that, that they, they are not glued on, cemented on mm. you, it's choice. And that's the, the whole premise of this book is that the gift is the power. Your personal power is choice. So you may not have a choice in the label of PCOS or the diagnosis of PCOS, but you do have a choice in what you allow to stick. So yes, these labels, I can understand they come on. It's natural. It's human to go down into that black hole. I call it of negative thinking, right? We're, that's a stress response. We go down and we start either fighting what's happening to us or being victimized by it. So we're helpless, hopeless, defeated, or we're in 
complete conflict with it. And we're, this can't be happening. It's not going to happen. We're confused. We're afraid. We're angry. Or maybe at some point we become, you know, indifferent and, and almost numb to what's happening and just accepting, not in a peaceful way, but in a, um, just that indifferent way that I was, I was saying, but none of this is solution oriented or solution focused or self-compassionate as we were saying is the first step of healing. Therefore we're not healing. We're harming. We're enabling PCOS to be destructive to us or whatever the diagnosis may be in our lives, whatever the trauma, whatever the experience. So it starts with awareness mm-hmm. that that's where we're at in our mindset. And it's not about not going there because that's the human default. It's about not staying there. So it's about having that conscious awareness And then using the power of choice to take what is the first step out of the black hole is responsibility. It's not our fault that this is what's happening, but I'm responsible now for how I experience it. So what will I do with it? Mm -hmm. And, you know, for, for women listening, there are so many choices that you can make every day you know, from, from what you eat to how you move your body, um, the different supplements that you might take. Um, there are, there's so many things within your control and, and positive choices that you can make. So you're right. I I think that that awareness piece is really the first step that you do have a choice. Yes, absolutely. And you've, I'm sure you've heard it said, Amy, that pain is inevitable in life. That's Mm -hmm. part of the human condition, but suffering is optional. Mm -hmm. And when we put those labels on and we, you know, glue them on with uh, super glue, and we're not going to let them be that removable post-it note, then they are, we're now creating the suffering from PCOS rather than experiencing the pain, going through the grief Mm-hmm. And that's, that's something I think people miss. They miss the importance of grieving the loss associated with. Oh, I, I agree with that. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and that's something that I've had to learn too. I think I've, I've um, learned it through letting my, my children go. I have one that's in college and one that's about to go off to college. And mm-hmm. gosh, that was a, that, that was a grieving process that was really unexpected. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to go through it in order to, um, make that shift, I think to, Absolutely. yeah. 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 So, so grieve it. And that, and some people, one thing that I find is that they just keep going. And this is what's called unconscious avoidance. And many people believe they have to, okay, this is it. So some people, you know, cowboy up, (laughs) let's go. All right. I'm going to just go. All right. I'm mad about it or I'm upset about it, but you know, this is what I was taught to do or told to do, put my lipstick on and go. I'm just going to keep going. Mm -hmm. And that also is I'm not going to heal because in the long term, there's overwhelm and burnout and 
ultimately it's proven to decrease, decrease the immune system. So what may look like, look how well they're dealing with this. Ultimately, no, they're not. Um, and so again, stopping, finding some stillness. And in the chapter, the gift of buoyancy, I write about my father teaching me how to swim, but he first insisted I learned how to float. And I was so disappointed because I was, I was so ready to learn how to swim because that meant I could go to the deep area and go off the diving platforms. And, and he said, no, you have to learn how to float first. Cause if you just keep swimming, you'll do exactly what I was just describing. You're going to wear out and possibly drown in this lake. You have to learn how to float first. And I had no idea how important that would be in my life in so many areas that I had to learn how to be still, to float, to have some intentional movement, just the slightest movement, but intentional where I could then reconnect to my breath and literally hear my heartbeat as you hear it, you're in your ears when your ears are underwater and acknowledge myself and get a new perspective because you can see the whole sky and, and in your peripheral vision, everything around you when you're floating on your back. And then I could regroup and, and have clear decision-making on where and what direction and how far to swim next. And I, I, I use that now so much. I say, I need to float a moment here. There's power in pausing. There's rejuvenation. And, and reflection. And I think that that is, is key to also taking the time to grieve. Yeah, that's, I, I wanted to bring something else up in that chapter about the gift of buoyancy. You talk a lot about hope and um, you actually um, mentioned the hope floats from birdie who was played by sandra bullock in the movie hope floats and it really is a great parallel to the story about you know your dad teaching you to float yeah. <laughs> um but you, i'm going to just read a, a a quote from from that chapter you say shifting from hopelessness to hope is a choice and like all choices which change our lives it happens in a moment of decisiveness when we are ready to feel differently and I think that this goes back to your idea of, you know, making a choice that you have to choose hope. Yes, you do have to choose hope. And what a, a, a great thing. And, and, and what I'm referencing in hope floats is that we can rest in hope when there's nothing else. And I know that feeling. And, and in this chapter, I'm speaking about my son being diagnosed with epilepsy and the potential of facing brain surgery. And, and if he did, that he may lose more than he gained. He could lose um, uh, uh, some different functions in his body to be able to gain the um, diminishment of, of seizures. And all the things that we were facing, and, and he had social struggles and, and, and learning struggles at the time. And, and I'm knocking on wood right now because he's now 19 and he hasn't had a seizure in in nine years uh, since he was 10 years old. So I'm very blessed, but we had seven uh, years of just 
swimming to exhaustion. And I had to learn to rest on the buoy of hope in between the different struggles that we went through in his, in his young life. And what a gift it was to know that when I felt that we were going to drown <laughs> in the mm-hmm. heaviness and the weightiness of what was happening um, in his life and in the struggles with his diagnoses, that, that we could rest in hope that hope was, so sometimes, you know, ladies who are listening with, with P, PCOS, and when you feel like there, there is no hope, rest in hope. There's always hope. There's, you know, research being done. There's something new coming out, you know, keep reading, keep studying, being your, be your own advocate, try the next new thing, choose hope, and the more you choose positivity, it gives you that next, you've, you've recovered your breath, right? You've recovered your breath. You've rejuvenated something and you can keep swimming then to the next thing and stay motivated to choose your best life because it's yours and take that responsibility to keep going. I loved that chapter and that message. And it's funny because when I first started PCOS Diva, my first kind of resource that I created um, was called the, or it's still available. It's called the PCOS 101, Your Guide to Health and Hope. And it actually lives at URL pcosdiva.com slash hope. And that was a really powerful shift in my journey of PCOS is realizing, you know, despite what doctors told me, and I know other women listening have probably heard the same thing. You have PCOS, you're never going to have children, or, you know, it's going to be very difficult for you to have children. Well, it's, it's easy to take that as your, um, take that, you know, kind of assimilate that into your, your conscious and, and take that on. Um, and, and honestly, if I had, I don't know if I would have ended up having, you know, my three wonderful children. Um, I always had some level of hope. I I moved from that hopelessness to hope. And that was so key in my healing journey. There you go. What you believe is so empowering uh, or disempowering to your outcomes in life. And so just that ladies, having a community like what, what Amy here has created is huge to stay connected and to hear. And when you know someone else has accomplished something, that's when you can believe it's possible for yourself. I mean, you know, it took someone to dream something, to achieve something. So if, if no one believed we could uh, travel to the moon, we still wouldn't be there, but somebody had to believe that was possible one day for us to actually have achieved that. So pay attention to your thoughts. This goes back to this whole mindset piece for uh, being able to think like a PCOS diva is what you believe has a lot to do with what you're going to be able to achieve. So pay attention to those thoughts because they create how you feel and how you feel just really determines it, it becomes the driver in your life. So pay attention to who's behind the wheel and it's going to be your thoughts. Mm-hmm. But that's, and, and I want you to um, kind of lead us through a little exercise 
about that, but I just wanted to touch on something that you had just said that reminded that you, you were talking about kind of like what you have gone through. Um, and, and the challenge that you, it, well, I guess it reminded me of this quote that, <clears throat> that one day, you know, everything that you've gone to may become somebody else's survival guide you know, for the same thing. In essence, that's what the quote is. I wish I had it in front of me. Oh yeah. It's like, uh, tell this, I, I tell the story of the mountains you've climbed because one day yes, it will become a page in someone else's survival. Exactly. Exactly. That nature. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in your book here, you say what was once a source of your pain becomes a reminder of your strength. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that that's something like a powerful thought too is and and you know even looking at your experiences you would not have been able to write this book if you hadn't gone through those challenges and struggles and come out the other and climbed your mountain and come out the other side and now you're helping others to do the same that's right and and unlike many who you probably speak to, Amy, I actually had a, a very happy childhood. I was blessed with that and a modest lifestyle back home near Birmingham, Alabama. And my father worked at the telephone company. My mom taught piano at home after my brother and I were born. But my mom absolutely revered education. And um, but she had not had the privilege of attending college or university. So she enrolled in junior college while my brother was in kindergarten. And she took me as a toddler with her to her classes and bless her professors who allowed that. And I guess it was a good thing. I was a quiet child and a still child. And that certainly imprinted on me uh, a love of learning and listening as well as teaching and And, you know, back in those school year memory books that, you know, we keep for our children or our moms kept for us and you document what you want to be when you grow up. I repeatedly had this theme of wanting to be a teacher and then it would rotate with a nurse. And then at one point I put stewardess. I don't know why, because I didn't know what that was. I'd never flown, but I must have seen one on TV and I wrote lifeguard at some point and I did it at, I did become all of those just not necessarily in the traditional sense when it came to being a nurse, because I couldn't fathom hurting others to help them. But in high school, I was the go-to girl for friends experiencing problems. And people would say, you could start your own Dear Annie column. And in one of the yearbooks, I was described as being a good listener. And I just had no idea at the time that all that having being still and being quiet and listening combined with empathy and a passion, I think, to help others without hurting them by poking them with a needle, um, would turn out to be innate skill that would be foundational to my life's work. I just didn't know that first I'd have to learn to do it for myself because of all that I started going through in my young adult years. So I realized my calling, I guess, early on was to help others. I just didn't know that I would go through so much loss and, um, and trauma, but then also triumph to be able to actually mm-hmm. find my purpose and calling to do so. Well, I'm glad that you, you know, you are, you found your calling because I know you've must be helping many, many people, um, especially through this book. And I wanted you to just touch on, 
again, like dealing with those negative thoughts and emotions, you say that negative emotions are the thieves of our peace and happiness. And I think we all know that we have those negative thoughts and emotions, but we just don't know what to do with those and how to shift them to, um, you know, more positive ones. Exactly. Well, on the, on the simple side, you know, we can, the, the, the academic side, you will just say it starts with awareness, awareness, you're having them. Okay. Then the awareness that they're underserving you and how you react when you have them. So, and if you don't like the outcomes you're having in life, and sometimes people don't, don't recognize the emotion at all. They just see how they're showing up in life. They recognize they're having relationship conflicts or they recognize that they're having an eating disorder or they recognize, so they see the, uh, what's happening in life and they can't recognize the emotion that's behind it, but the emotion is coming from the thought. Often the thoughts are subconscious and hidden, especially if there's been emotional trauma. And as I understand it, many with PCOS have had emotional trauma in their lives. So we, it's a little deeper than, than just, you know, noticing the, the negative thought. But once, if you've done the work to clear the emotional trauma, which is very important for all of us is to clear the emotional trauma. But when we recognize, we start down a path of self-mastery, it's really about, as I said earlier, it's not about not having a negative thought. It's about intercepting it and saying, okay. I know where this is going and I want to, to change it because everything's energy, even our thoughts and what we learn from quantum physicists like Einstein, and I'm not going to argue with Einstein. So I'm going to say, okay, I get it. It can be changed. It cannot be created or destroyed. So I can't kill my thought, but I can change it. I can change the form of it. And when I change the form of it, I'm going to get a different result. Therefore, I'm going to shift this thought. And I don't have to shift. I don't have to go into some Mother Teresa level kind of, of, of thought here. I can just say shift just a small amount to get a different result. And rather than being victimized by what's happening to me, I can just, I can even get mad because getting mad, which is the next level up on energetic thinking might fuel me to do something because when I'm victimized, there's apathy and apathy mm-hmm. leads to, to, to like nothingness, right? Nothing productive happens here. But if I can get mad about it, I might fuel something and now it's short term because you're going to burn out, but maybe it's just long enough to get something done. I mean, when I'm mad at my husband, Amy, I start doing the dishes and I start doing the laundry <laughs> and yeah, something gets done. It doesn't last long, but it's I, something productive happens but I'm aware this is what's happening until I can release that emotion and say, okay, I'm ready to go talk it through whatever it was. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's being aware. And then I take, because when I'm ready to go talk about it, now I'm taking responsibility for myself and for my outcome. I'm saying, I need to release this. And I call it the F word because the first level level of responsibility requires feeling of forgiveness. And so ladies with these diagnoses, when I say the thought is responsibility, the feeling is forgiveness. 
And all I mean here is letting go, letting go of the thought that would drop you down into feeling like a victim or feeling in conflict with your diagnosis and the, and the, all of these labels that go with it, that you've stuck on yourself or you've allowed others to stick on you, letting it go so that you can show up in a cooperative manner with in your life to work towards healing and becoming that diva that Amy's talking about. Mm -hmm. That's it. Now you can go higher energetically. The next level would be love and that's compassion and that's in service. Now you can even start thinking about more than yourself and you can start thinking of others and you can start helping someone else because, and that's this whole community of PCOS divas, because you cannot help but help yourself when you help someone else. And every one of you who has this diagnosis, you're going to meet somebody else and they need your wisdom. They need your insight. They need you to share your experience. And when you help them, you're going to elevate yourself as well. And then it's it's going up. Yeah. Yeah. I I was just going to say that's such a beautiful thought. And, you know, I think it's a, a, a great exclamation point to, to wrap up our, our podcast together. It's, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. And I, you know, I think we're kindred spirits. So it's very easy. Thank you. I've, I've loved um, being with you and I'm going to enjoy following you and and seeing all the work you do. It's, I really do love your mission. Oh, thank you. Well, I would love for you to tell us more of how we can follow you and how can we find out more about your work? Thank you. Well, you can get the gift of shift. And it's what I love about this book is for people who struggle to journal and get their thoughts out and connect to their emotions. It's a collection of short stories. And after each story are five coaching questions so that the reader can reflect on their life. That's that be still moment, you know, give yourself Mm -hmm. a little space and time and answer those questions. And while your story will be different, we've all experienced those themes of of from betrayal to finding courage or from grief to gratitude or finding hope or how to be true to yourself. So all of those common life themes and, and finding space to uh, acknowledge yourself in your own story in those themes. So you can find the book on Amazon or any online uh, bookseller, or you can ask your local bookstore to order it for you from uh, their Ingram Sparks catalog. You can connect with me on Facebook at Skyview Coaching or on uh, Instagram, Twitter, all the, all the social media outlets and no E, Papa Yodi. I'm sure Amy will put it in, in all her stuff and I look forward to hearing from you and I'd love to help anyone on their journey. If you are stuck in emotional trauma, uh, then let's release it. The lesson's always about letting go so you can receive what's really meant for your life. Mm. Well, thank you. And I will put everything in the show notes. Uh, And thank you everyone for listening to this episode. I look forward to being with you again very soon. Bye-bye. Well, that wraps up our podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us on the PCOS Diva podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you liked this episode, remember to subscribe to PCOS Diva on iTunes or wherever else you may be listening to this show. And if you have a minute, please leave me a quick review on iTunes because I love to hear from you. 
If you think someone else might benefit from this free podcast, please take a minute to share it with a friend or family member so she can benefit from it too. And don't forget to sign up for my free weekly newsletter. Just enter your email at pcusdiva.com to get instant access and make sure you never miss a future podcast. This is Amy Medling wishing you good health. Bye-bye.